Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. I brought my game. I can't believe it. I can believe it. Danielle's playing into the into the breach because that is that is who she is. Pin- Pinnacle point. robotics. You know? What? Well you're on the third island. You're four, wait, that's the fourth island, right? Well I've already I've already beaten it several times. Okay. You know, since since we got here, Seattle. It's pretty good. I'll look in the question bucket. Okay. What's good, Seattle? <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to Waypoint Radio Live, and I want to do it by reading the panel description written by Patrick Klepik, just in case people don't know what they've signed up for. It says here, and again, I did not write this. I'm not sure why we need so many qualifiers. Okay. There aren't enough panels at PAX talking about the big controversial topics of the day. Gundam and politics. Other podcasts are content with dancing around the issue while Waypoint Radio cuts to the heart of the matter. Gundam, is it good? Politics, are they bad? Join Austin Walker, Patrick Klepik, and Danielle Riendo as we ponder these questions and mull about Dark Souls 2. Uh, well, I've been owned, uh, which is a fun way to start my life. Um, joining me today... On the question bucket, Danielle Riendo. Hi, hello, master, and welcome. Master of Into the Breach. <laughs> and uh, Patrick Klepik, who just waited 20 minutes to get us coffee, <laughs> which is why we almost missed this. Like a good dad. A yeah, dad who owns a body pillow now. That's true. Someone, did you see it? Did people see Patrick's Donald body pillow that... Yeah, Austin this morning, I was like, hey, do you want to go get breakfast? He goes, sure. He's like, wait, I have something for you. It's like that. I did. Ominous. So he comes down uh, into my, my room and he's like, I don't even know what it is either. I'm like, okay, well, let's we'll unwrap this together. Well, you skipped something important, which is I went to your room and your door was open. You, know, you had like the the, the, the You're latch. going to each yeah. other's rooms? Yeah, the latch lock was open. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it was like the door was open so I could just push it open. Yeah. And he wasn't in there. I guess you were in the bathroom. And so I was like, I was taking care of business. Sure. And so I just put this body pillow on your bed, <laughs> but it was still in the packaging. So you came out and I was like, oh, hi, Patrick. I'm here. Uh, I have a gift from a fan. A fan, gift. A, oh, it's a gift from a fan. It's true. It, it was a present. 
So we opened it. Well, not yet. Then I was like, where the fuck do you get a body pillow? Like, I don't know. Is that. You can get a body pillow places. We go to Target today and get you a body pillow for tonight. I don't want want to check that in. (laughs) Got to be a carry on. That's, yeah, that's fair. It's hard to sneak that through security. Yes. It's not. My sweet, violent farm boy is coming home. I I now have a real family. Um, so, you know, as someone, I think, adequately said and correctly said on Twitter, you watched one episode of Gundam and now you have a body pillow. And uh, Within half an hour of each other. With, yeah, wow. That's very, that's close. You are poisonous. I do my best. Can we talk about Gundam for a little can bit? You set I think it, can we you set it? Can you indulge myself? So, yeah, can you set up? Yeah. So, I don't remember why this started, but... Because you wrote this description. Oh, right. That. Fair. Um, and then I, I don't have any opinions on Gundam. I've not, I have not seen Gundam. And right. so I challenged you. I was like, hey, I got a flight coming up. Like, pick one episode to represent Gundam. Which is... Which was like, I've, I've seen Austin anxious and stressed before, but like, never before had I like put such a burden on his, on his uh, shoulders. And then... You went from there. You, you started been, to crowdsource it and then... Next year, Gundam will have been on the air for 40 years. So to be like, oh, you pick one episode. Is a, you're an asshole. <laughs> Basically. Uh, and yet... Well, and like, just, I guess like some, some background on Gundam really broadly. It's a show that, that has had a number... It's not a show. It's a, it's a, it's a franchise that has a, you know, a number of reimaginations, sequels to the original show. There are multiple timelines. There are hundreds, thousands of characters once you start counting the characters in manga and in fiction and all that other stuff in the games. And so to say, like, pick one 30-minute thing that represents everything about Gundam, it's impossible. And that's on purpose, because Gundam is, one, because Patrick's an asshole and he was trying to be one, and two, because Gundam is a billion different things. And I think that that showed with the response that I got from people who I didn't even know watched Gundam, who had, like, okay, make him watch this one, <laughs> uh, which was great. It was really cool to see that my timeline just become people you know, recommending episodes of, of this anime series. Um, and the thing that makes it really tough is what you want from a show like that can, can differ from person to person. I know a lot of people love G Gundam, which is like a martial arts, super powered, like oh, ridiculous, hey. hyper, hyper campy. You would love, you both would actually love G Gundam more than anything I would ever pick because I like melodrama and sadness and tragedy <laughs> and gayness. Welcome to Waypoint. Welcome, well. to, welcome to Waypoint. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I picked something that I think is that exact thing, which is uh, Garma's Fate from the original Mobile Suit Gundam. First aired in 1979. It takes place in Seattle, though sometimes in some localizations they call that city New York. Why? <laughs> Y-A-R-K. <laughs> which is incredible. Um, and I think it's a pretty good episode. What did you two think of the episode of Gundam I made you watch? Well, I have a, a list of notes. Okay. Yes. Oh. Uh, if everyone has watched this episode, I'm just going to go through it. Yeah, please. Because there's a story here. Mm-hmm. First note. The yeah. intro music is very jazzy, even when it talks about half of the population of each side dying. Yeah, that, yeah. so in Gundam, it turns out that story starts with half of Earth's population and half of space's population dying. Which, then it's like, 
the song is like, it's like, oh, Gundam, ooh, oh, Gundam, ooh, oh, Gundam, ooh, genocide. It's like, and they're dead. Right. It's terrible. It's the worst. It's a lot. Uh, but it's, but it's, I think that's like part of it. I talked to, to Mello, uh, yes. one of our great mods and a great musician, about how funky the music in that entire episode was. It's so like 19, late 1970s, like, early since funk just like oh, it's grimy in a way that you don't expect it to be it's yeah. very danceable like and I that's, was hopping around in my seat I just it. not during the the genocide part that's okay. all well, you know I, that's, it's that's, a half a genocide it's like a Thanos right they, they th- yeah so Thanos <laughs> stole it from Gundam exactly <laughs> copyright infringement canon yeah. yeah second note are the two guys with very swishy hair extremely gay yes <laughs> I will hear no arguments like against Like, them. canonically or, like... Um, you know, canonically, there's a lot of actual subtext, especially uh-huh. once you start reading the comics. Uh, oh, all right. There's lots of shots of them, like, in bathing suits together and, like, in very close physical proximity, and they're both vulnerable with each other in a way that they aren't uh, with anybody else. And, and that, yeah, I think I certainly... I don't just ship them. My headcanon is that they are gay <laughs> together 100%, which makes the actions of this episode very tragic. But well, that was the whole thing, and I was like, have you guys read Starfighter. That's gay. And That's then I wrote, gay. sub note, the betrayal. It hurt even more because of the gay. I want to tell you something. Shar Aznable has never betrayed anyone in his entire life. Uh, that was the fact that Garma dies at the end of this. You blame that on the misfortune of his birth and his father. Uh, it's not, sometimes you have to get vengeance and it's not betrayal. It's vengeance. That's why they're two different words. Okay. That's fair. I, I understand. All right. Uh, next note was the literal cigar-chomping CEO of the Swishy Guy's beard was a nice touch. Yeah. That's, sometimes you got to chomp a cigar to really prove a point. It's true. And then the next note was, why is she hitting the tree like that? I don't, she hits a tree in yeah. a very uh, a dramatic manner, but she just keeps hitting the tree. And I guess she's upset sometimes you hit a tree. It just it, it stuck me. I think it's one of two things. One, maybe the people who made that show had never met a woman before. Um, <laughs> two, animation was bad. And so you couldn't like, make her just look sad. You had to just like, ah, hit things. I'm upset. That poor tree. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then this one was a, a more serious note, oh, okay. which was, I really love the destroyed cityscapes and the weird sort of almost guerrilla or submarine warfare going on in the ruined city, which I guess was New York. No, but, it's Seattle. Well. New York. That's New York, Seattle. New, New York. Actually, Seattle, New comma, York. New York. Slash, yes. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that was really cool. That rad, was awesome, right? Like yeah. that reminded me when I first watched it. I had already seen a lot of other sci-fi stuff. I'd already seen like uh, Star Trek, uh, the original series, and there are some great Star Trek TOS episodes oh, no, that cool. have a sort of submarine combat vibe to them, where it's like, well, what is? They don't have perfect information. There's like a lot of like tactical talking around around what engagements look like, and then the thing that I think I like the most about both of those things, but especially this happens again and again in Gundam, is that. Combat doesn't end with both sides, with one side winning, like, and it's over, and the other side died. There's a lot of like, oh shit, my mech is on fire, I gotta get out of here, or I'm out of ammo, I gotta get out of here, which is what allows for the rhythm of that series to have these rivalries that that come up out of nowhere, and like, bit by bit, it's like, okay, you know, Amuro has fought Char by the end of the series a bunch of times, and they've never really had a firm winner or loser, or if they have, it's kind of evened out over time, and that makes the tension so much better because. Eventually, the relationship between Shar and Garma is kind of replaced by one between Shar and Amuro, oh. in my mind, anyway. So, keep watching if you want more gay feelings. I think I might. You should. You should. Patrick, did you hate this? <laughs> no. 
But I did laugh. Oh, yeah. Call, call it vengeance. Call it whatever you want. You sent me an episode in which I get a top ten anime betrayal at the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm just, like, cackling in my, like, in my bed. I'm just like, he sent me an anime betrayal in the one episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. That was, like, part of the thing that was so hard was, like, finding an episode that included that level of melodrama and, like, betrayal and yes. tragedy. But, like, oh, they actually set it up enough in that one episode that... Yeah, no, like, and, like, the bit at the end where he, like, uh, his father, like, drops, like, his... The cane. The cane yeah. is, like, the, like, the narration over that is, like, very good. It's super good. And, like, that ends up being the heart of what follows in the series because the death of Garma is sort of what some other characters in the Xeon Force need as kind of propaganda to push things to the next level. I know what you're thinking. What is the next level after dropping a space colony on Sydney and evaporating it? Oh, I bet they find a way. They find a way. They always do. Anime finds a way. A- yeah. <laughs> anime, hashtag anime finds a way. I'd wear that. I'd this, wear that t-shirt. This was related. So oh, I don't know if you want to do the... Yeah, not sure. that we're starting the question, but okay, it's just this is a related question, yeah, you know, uh, from the bucket. This says, I watched Garma's fate and couldn't figure out what specific way Shard double-crossed Garma. Is there some context I was missing? Uh, the thing that he does, just to clarify it, is like, he's like, okay, let's imagine that this room is New York. Uh, where we are is White Base, is the Trojan horse, is the big spaceship where Gundam is inside of. And what he told Garma was that it was at the doors. And so instead of coming at the white base and shooting it immediately, he flew it past white base above it, and so white base was able to be like, oh yeah, yo, boom, got you. And like that's a betrayal, but it's a very subtle one. It's like the sort of thing that no one would ever track back to Shar because he's brilliant and hot. And so... <laughs> exactly. He's really good. Um, yeah. Thank you for the he question. He has great hair. He has My really God. good hair. You should, they, there is a, a... It gets better. It gets worse. It gets better and it gets worse. Oh no. Um, there's like an origin anime that is about... For his hair? It's about his hair. <laughs> Uh, it's about how he like rose to who he is, and there's like a whole weird, talented Mr. Ripley like body switch. It's wild. So it's... It is gay. Oh yeah, All absolutely, right. absolutely. Good. Do we have any other Gundam questions in there? I don't think we... so. I okay. think that was the only Gundam one I had flagged. I'm sorry if I ruined everything. I, if somebody else had a Gundam question, the thing that to me like to, to, to finish talking about Gundam and politics briefly is I think <laughs> one of the most one of the most interesting things that, that came out of it was conversation in my mentions on Twitter about. The so much of the politics of Gundam is the sort of thing that we kind of like shit on constantly. There's like you got to hear both sides, and so much of what made Gundam so unique at the time was the notion of humanizing the enemies. And also, the enemies say Zig Zion and throw up the fucking Nazi salute. Mm. So there is, at the time, like, now looking back on it, there's this feeling of like, wait a second, like, is this being a weird centrist, like work where like oh we have to really take in, into account the feelings of the fascists but what I actually think if you look at the best examples of that series the thing that it ends up doing really well is grounding the death toll of war in regular people in like the, the lives of folks who are on the margins already and really putting the crosshair over the rich and powerful who on both sides are always safe and secure back at a base somewhere. Like two episodes or three episodes after the one we watched, there's this great bit where uh, they meet up with a, uh, 
uh, kind of a supply ship. Um, and there's this all through the first se- the first series of Gundam. There is this rad kind of supply captain who keeps showing up and dropping off a bunch of supplies, and she just like has all of her shit together, and everyone has a huge crush on her. Sure. And she's like shows up from time to time, like, oh, here's some more ammo and a cool new gun for for Gundam. Have a good one. Uh, and in this episode, she shows Dream up. Girl, yeah, she's great. She shows up and she's like, listen, bad news. I didn't bring any more like military people to help, and it's like all civilians on this ship. And Noah Bright, the captain of the ship, is like, what the fuck are you talking about? These are kids. And she's like, well, it turns out that the commanders back at base think that civilians can innovate on the battlefield more because you, don't, you haven't already gone through the rigid training. And it's like, oh, so we're literally just guinea pigs. You're literally just sending out, like, 17-year-olds on the front lines to test out new weapons because you can, you're, you're interested in what the findings will be. And they're the good guys, right? And so there was immediately in that show such a, a sense of hierarchy and of who is it that gets caught in the crossfire, and it's always the people who don't have power. And also, who is it that gets sent to the front lines to do the killing? It's always the people who don't actually have power. Um, I like Gundam a whole bunch, and that's why. I'm into it. It sounds yeah. interesting. Awesome. The Feelings of the Fascist is my new young adult series. <laughs> Great. On Netflix soon. Right? Yes. Content. They'll sign the new anything. New York Times, new, new New York Times. Uh, yeah, New York Times opinion <laughs> column is <laughs> Feelings of the Fascist. Should we talk about packs? Should we talk about what we've seen and played? You look excited. You played something you like. We'll I played something, something we don't good. Like. So you tell me about something good first. Okay. I played. Well, I got to do the disclaimer thing because Christine Love is a friend. Sure. But I played Get in the Car Loser, which is an awesome, very queer JRPG. Yeah, somebody else is very excited about it room? too. There's a very excited ghost in this room. You're you're all welcome here. This is Waypoint Radio. We welcome ghosts. Always. Uh, but yeah, it's a really cool uh, like JRPG with, instead of being, you know, sort of like a young, spunky male hero with spiky hair, it's like three cool queer people in a road trip, and they're doing a road trip, and they're also awesome and really powerful and have JRPG things like swords and attacks, and there's time... Sort of like timing-based battles. Cool. It's not quite... It's not like Super Mario RPG or Not like... quite. It's a little bit more turn order than necessarily okay. timing. But if you get kind of get the turn order correct in terms of what attacks you're doing... Some interrupts and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Awesome. It's very cool. It has and, a lot of style and the music oh, yeah. is really good. Again, I guess disclosure, I'm friendly with yeah. Christine and with, yeah. <laughs> with Krista who does some of the music. But like, it has such a striking look. Yeah. Um, I... I it's a pixel style, but it has like these really big characters that fill up the screen in a way that isn't what I normally think about in JRPG style things, right? Like JRPG characters for me tend to be, I mean, tiny I, sprites. Yeah, yeah. Like just which is not always true. I want to be clear. Like there's right. always the exception to it, but in my mind, when I think sprite-based JRPG, I'm thinking something in that vein where my characters are pretty small, and then the enemy characters are big, or if you're playing Octopath Traveler, are huge. Uh, <laughs> and it's cool to play one where it is like, oh no, the characters have been so lovingly rendered and their fashion is dope and so you're just getting these like big portraits of these characters yeah it has that sort of visual novel style for the you know sort of in between battles you're talking to your little buddies and you get instead of like two or three options there's like six conversation options which is great because of course i get really into that kind of thing and then during the battles it does look a little bit more like in that sort of style of bigger sprites but you know they're across the screen on one end and you're on the screen on the other end and you're fighting and it's cool what's the road trip about 
Saving the world. Oh, okay. Like road trips do. Yeah, you know, what you do when you you get, you know, a couple of folks in the car and go across country. Road trips are, like, the most underused thing in video games. Like, obviously, we've had a couple of big ones in the last couple of years. Yeah. But I just wish we had more road trip games. It's, like, such a dope setting because it gives you such a good excuse for exploring a world and, like, seeing cool things. I didn't love Final Fantasy XV, but I loved that aspect of it and the feeling of, like, oh, I'm coming to a new town. Like, what's the tourist shit that I can get up to? And, like, how can I annoy the locals? And what food can I buy? That stuff is great. Yeah, and there's like a wistfulness to it too of any road trip, like because it's it's always a completely impermanent state. You're always kind of you're literally traveling somewhere. So character development on that kind of thing tends to be really rad. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. That's cool. I'm glad we heard about a really good game, Patrick. Full disclosure: I played an hour and fifteen minutes of The Quiet Man. Yeah. What is the for people who don't know what The Quiet Man is? What is the quiet I still don't know what The Quiet Man is. So The Austin. Quiet Man was announced at Square's... Was it? It was part of Square's weird 30-minute video package from E3. Mm-hmm. They didn't really do a show. They just like... Hit space it. on a keyboard <laughs> yeah. and nailed it. They hit go E3. on OBS yep. somewhere with an MP4 loaded. Um, and one of the things that they showed was this weird trailer of like a full-motion video thing called The Quiet Man in which a quiet man in the trailer beat up some people in an alleyway. It was yep. like a, I was like, is this a bouncer reboot? What's going on? <clears throat> and it turns out that I would, way have, I would have much rather played more bouncer than play The Quiet Man. So <laughs> the story of my history with The Quiet Man... Um, <laughs> They haven't shown any of this this game, right? So, like, I was intrigued by the trailer in the sense that I didn't know what it was, and then also that it was being developed by Human Head, which is, like, a studio that, like, has done some cool stuff uh, in the past. Um, Yeah, there's a version of their Prey game that exists in a parallel universe. Um, And so I was like, you know, this is a strange sort of, like, we don't see a lot of full motion stuff, and it seemed like they were going for an actual serious tone as opposed to, like, purposely schlocky, which is what we see from, like, a lot of F&B stuff that is, like, fully aware of what it is. Um, and there were just kiosks. Like, they haven't shown a real trailer for this game. Like, the kiosks are just here. I was like, cool. Like, I'll just go see what's up with this game. With the quiet. And I sit with it for about 15 minutes, and it, like, opens with this you know, this city, and the quiet man talks to a hot dog vendor, and uh, then he... Uh, he you says, wanna, I just uh-huh. want to give a little bit of detail. Sure, here. yep. So it's, I think it's New York. You can see the Christ. New York. New York. Sorry, yeah. New York. It's New York. And uh, he's like walking down the street of what uh-huh. I think is like Chelsea or like the meatpacking dish. Like, I, it's, <laughs> no one's there at that time of night. He is, though. And he talks to a street vendor. Mm-hmm. And the street vendor says, and you don't hear the street vendor, it's just subtitles because right. the character's deaf. Yep. And the street vendor who's selling a hot dog is like, be careful out there, kid. The savages are out tonight. And I'm already like, okay. Like, where are we going? Oh, yeah, you should explain what happens when he goes around that alley. You should explain what happens when he goes around the alley. I feel like you should, and I, right, I'm going to riff on this. All right, he goes around the alley. Because mm-hmm. I want you to respond to it. He, I want you to internalize the description. Just go. Keep on. He goes Continue. around. Continue. What's he in goes, the alley? All right, so first of all, he like, gets a hot dog, and I guess puts it in a paper bag yep and then goes into an alleyway and like is like i have a paper bag Mm -hmm. and as he's walking in he sees three what i will call in air quotes thugs three who three latinos uh latino thugs Mm -hmm. who are speaking in spanish and that is subtitled correct and what they are saying is i don't even remember the specific words the word stroke it is in there uh it's also a physical 
like air yeah. action. Yeah, yeah, stroke it. I'm a fucking thug. Yeah, yeah. like that. Style and then he turns that like, we didn't order any f- grub. <laughs> that's what he says to the quiet I didn't man. Use my seamless. Like that's and the quiet man is like. You did. Well, he does. He holds out the bag. Also, the Quiet Man is like looks like a Final Fantasy character. Yes, it's like he looks like someone trying to be very tough and failing at it. He looks like someone who like wanted to cosplay as Ryan Gosling from Drive, but only had uh, like a Square Enix cosplay kit, to or work like very similar, like Squall from like Final Fantasy oh, VIII. Yeah, that's actually right. It is Squall from Final Fantasy. Okay, so if, Squall, I, if the Quiet Man is actually just Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, because there's some time travel shenanigans in that movie in that game, so like he anyway, has a jacket, like yeah, it, it might just be Squall. Just put some fucking zippers on that. Huh. Call up Nomura. I'm coming around on this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's like, and then the guys get up and go, what are you, are you stupid? Are you very stupid? Direct line. Uh, and then he drops the bag and then the guy goes over and pushes him and it goes into like a weird focus mode and then it becomes a really bad 3D brawler. Yeah. Like uh, unbelievably bad. And, uh, it was so bad that I was like, well, I want to see more of this. Like I love like awful games, awful movies. Like I'm like, I'm just... I'm going to play 10 more minutes of this, get to the credits, and they'll say, hey, thanks for playing our PAX West demo. Well, 20 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes, around 40 minutes. One, I started texting Jeff Gersman saying, fucking, you need to just tell whoever. <laughs> just come play the quiet man. Just. But then my like, text got like, increasingly desperate, like the demo's not ending. <laughs> and then it became... I'm not going to let you beat me, demo. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to see you through. I'm going to see the end of this demo. 50 minutes, an hour, an hour and five minutes, an hour and 10 minutes. This is the whole game. An hour and, fi- mm? an hour and 15 minutes, a trophy pops up. <laughs> now, that's not supposed to happen. Like... <laughs> Builds that are made for shows are, like, very specific. They're meant to be played over and over. There's a loop. You get an end credits. Here's the release date. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for playing. Hashtag something, something, something. This just kept Hashtag going. Quiet, and it, at the point that the trophy came up, someone noticed something. <laughs> and I get a tap on my shoulder. and like, sir, your 15 minutes are up. Like, <laughs> it's... They sure are. Yeah gotta go and then uh someone next to me was like we need to talk about what, what both of us just went through because <laughs> uh, i was like was it, did you play that too well, the thing that, like, let me explain a couple of things right all right so right, cool, that there, cool, cool that there is uh you know someone uh, hard of hearing I, they yes. don't explain exactly his situation right. but like that's neat like up front like we don't see a lot of stuff in games some logical inconsistencies, though, right? So, in the, the full motion cutscenes, like, yes, there were subtitles for the... Well, the, I think it's important which stuff is subtitled. Right. Because so there, not all of it is. And no, no. It gets... <laughs> I don't know what they're going for. Maybe they're going for a thing that I'm not getting. There Maybe. are sequences in which people are using American Sign Language to speak to this character, and it's just muffled audio and no subtitles. You're just hearing, like, kind of, like... like not like, oh, you can kind of pick up on the dialogue. No. It's like, it's all just like... 
But the stuff you can read is the Latin thugs being like, ah, stroke right. it. Yeah. And like, okay, well, what are you doing? But like, here, the, Jane? The, char- the character is like sitting and he's clearly reading lips. Right. Like, he is reading but, lips and then signing back, but the game isn't translated any of it. So it's just like, they're talking. Why can't I know what's going on? But then in other situations, many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The deaf character talks like yeah, he yeah, moves yeah. his lips. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this game? <laughs> I, I have to imagine that they hired a consultant or two, I hope, to, to make a game about someone who's hard of hearing, who also beats people up for fun. As, as, as we were like walking through these logical like, inconsistencies, like some sort of like, you know, hired person that was like manning the booth, where they actually started instituting the 15-minute rule, clearly I'm taking, like, that is me. Like... <laughs> That started because of me. And she came over, she's like, yeah, I don't really get it either. I thought the game was broken. I was like, <laughs> least of this game's fucking problems. Um, oh, I wish them luck. Making games is hard. I yeah, no, before, but like... I'll say it again. People didn't spend time with their families to build this game. And uh, it's... I right. can't wait to play the whole thing. I hope it... I'm going to text Alex Navarro and be like, if oh. someone does a quick look, it is you, motherfucker. Jeff, play the Alex. quiet man. Okay. Jeff is nodding. Good. Good. Thank you. Uh, also go like seriously like it's there like I used to be able to guarantee that like you'll just be able to walk up to it and like there won't be anyone playing it but like twice I've walked by and people have said like hey I'm here playing the quiet man because of you <laughs> and I was like well congrats good we did, did it to I'll, me or the quiet man both thank uh, you we had the opposite thing happen this morning which is oh this know, is good yeah so Spelunky 2 is here and playable at the Playstation booth which I didn't know about at all I'd seen the trailer and I was like oh cool I'll play it when it comes out but no I'll play it today it's, it's here so we went up and we turned the corner to see where it is and there's this huge line and I'm like oh there's only like one. 40 people deep they've cut it off saying like hey come back yeah. at 1pm and we'll I won't get you in the line, line and I'm like, damn, okay. Like, I guess if there's only one kiosk, that makes sense. There's like 30 Spider-Man kiosks, but there's one Spelunky Two kiosk. <laughs> I can get how that could add up, but whatever. I want to see it. Let's just sit and watch and like see. We can pick items. up enough to talk about it yeah, at, the, exactly. at the panel. We're watching these people play it, and they're like, having a good run. And I guess Patrick, you noticed. Well, yeah, I'm like looking, and uh, there's a Spelunky thing, and there's a kiosk next to it. There's and- lasers and shit. I was like, it's just the busiest thing I've ever. Seen. It's just like. Neon nonsense happening on the other screen, just bright and colorful. It's and my I new make game. Neon, neon nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, Kingdom Hearts. And I thought to myself, okay, what is more likely? That there's a 40 person line for Spelunky 2 or a 40 person line for Kingdom Hearts. And then like, I turned over and was like, is anyone in line for this game? No. Like, no, no but one, one there person. were two people in line, and they were in line for like the third or fourth time. Yeah, there were, no one else is here. Cycling in and out, doing runs. Do you want to play? Sure. And we're gonna go again first. Yeah. But okay, so we played Spelunky too. We did. It's Spelunky. Did you like Spelunky? I did. It's Spelunky. Yeah, I'm still not 100 percent sold. Like, I'm excited for it. Like, I'm gonna play it. I, I want more Spelunky, but I maintain that I don't know that it needed a sequel, and I. 
the distance between, I think the way I put it before is like, had Splunky 2 come out like two years after the original, I'd be like, oh, this is a very logical extension of like what they would have done with some of the foundation of Splunky. But then five years later, I guess my expectations for like, what is that? Were like a little wider possibly than what it is. Granted, there can be a lot more going on. We didn't run into any of the new items. Like we don't, right. we, we discovered like, you know, there's like each stage has like two layers. So it's like there's the area you're exploring and then you can find doors that lead to like secret other areas that kind of like widen the landscape. Um, it was fun and it was goofy, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I wanted, but, and I, I'm sure I will like Splunky 2 a lot. Um, but I don't know that in like, again, it was only like 15 minutes, like demonstrated right. necessarily like, the justification for like, as t- like, I know how talented like Derek U is. And it's like, if you were like to ask me like, what would I like him to do? Like, it probably wouldn't have been Smuggy 2. I can't make you that. I couldn't imagine, right? Like right. make me a game that. I want the game that I don't know I want. Yeah, I yeah. knew I wanted Splunky 2 and it'll be fine. But it's, you know, like we've talked about this in the context of like Dark Souls and, and, and other sequels where it's like, I would like another one of those. I like these mechanics. But, like, part of the reason a game like Dark Souls was such a revelation was because I didn't know that's something I wanted. So I will say it was immediately... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, is that the main pitch of what's new? Is that it kind of has these secret areas, or is there... No, I mean, there's, like, fluid physics. So like, there's a lot more sort of, like, randomization. Like, part of the, the joy of Spelunky was dying in weird ways and, like, the physics bouncing off each other. And, like, that seems to be, like, a lot of what's happening in the sequel is, like, more of that stuff. Things that, like, the game can't explicitly control. Like, the fluid physics is, like, a really interesting way. We didn't see any of that stuff. No. Like, you can imagine, like, throwing a bomb and then, like, lava goes everywhere and the lava's, like, tearing away at the level. Like, there are things that could sound really interesting for, for that type of game. There's, like, a like mini-bosses, like, super yep. enemies, I guess. Yeah. Like, you, fought, yeah. you fought, like, a giant caveman that was a fun little encounter. Um, there's, like, you know, New uh, traps, new things that are at the the idols, like new new super traps around the idols, stuff like that. It, it's all cool. Like and I, I will say that I just being in that mode of play was really fun again. It made me realize like I haven't played much that feels like Spelunky since Spelunky. Yeah. Even when I think about other roguelikes that I really like, that sort of like real time action element of it, where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hang on to the thing. I'm gonna look down. Okay, what's my plan? Okay, there's a, an arrow shooting trap here. I'm gonna drop the rock to trigger that. Then I'm gonna jump on the spider. Oh, I missed the spider, and now there's a snake. Like that feeling is just like not a thing I've gotten out of even roguelikes that I really, really like. Uh, and so it was just cool to be in that like mode again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Obviously, never want to play a co-op again. I, playing co-op with we you was a good. nightmare. We did great. And nothing against you. I just like I like. What is Patrick's problem? It's because I want to spend like ten minutes like carefully making my way around. We should and just it's, stream like, that whole game together then. I guess. I <laughs> oh man. Uh huh. I said it out loud into a microphone. It's real now. <laughs> it's basically a promise. Spelunky Saturdays. Spelunky. And you put it on a, a day off too. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Can't hang out with your daughter. Gotta play Spelunky with Austin. Just go shove some raisins in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh. Uh, did anybody play anything? Oh, I want to shout out one thing, which is a game that I thought I would not think was cool, and then really loved, and I feel like an asshole for not. So when I saw, when I saw the Quiet Man, the Quiet Man. Uh, so when I saw that Untitled Goose Game was announced. I was like, oh, is this just going to be Goat Simulator again? And I liked Goat Simulator for like the first 30 minutes when it came out and then was immediately exhausted by its style of comedy. And I don't think it's a bad game, but I, like I, it made its point, and then that style of game stuck around in a way. And the thing that's amazing about Untitled Goose Game, which is on the sixth floor uh, in the convention center, um, is that it plays it straight. Like, 
goat simulator is like, what if you're a goat, but there's a wacky physics, and like your head goes all weird, and you're bouncing, and there are people to stare, whatever. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like jackass, or yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, very totally. over top um, in, in a very specific way. And the thing that's wild about Untitled Goose Game is it plays it straight and is funnier for it. Because it turns out like go- geese are just fucking hilarious, <laughs> evil <laughs> creatures, and there is nothing funnier than just like seeing a goose steal a farmer's like like keys. Shovel. Yeah, with keys. keys, keys. Walk around to the other side. And the, of the, and the farmer's just like, walk around, get, and then pick up the keys, walk back, put them back where they belong, and then you go like. Flap, flap, flap. <laughs> Got him. And go away again. It just, it, it's, or there's, it's, I saw one, like one of the objectives was uh, uh, get the farmer wet, which means like stealing one of his items, like taking it, like, like an, swimming your way out there into, into the water and then watching that fucking farmer like stomp his way into the water and go get it and then like see the objective cross out, like it's get so the good. farmer wet. It's so good. expressive. The character is just like the, the character. The character. The character of the, character goose. Of the goose. Goose. The goose. Untitled. The goose. <laughs> Untitled comma the goose. Yes. Is so, like, there's such character to just moving around and flapping and all the animations. There's like a dedicated honking button, which is ideal. Every game needs one of those. Absolutely. So I go see that. That has been a nice surprise to my, like, cynical old man They have ass. sock puppets, too, up Do there. They? Yeah, they were giving That's out good. socks that have goose, like, faces, beaks, I guess. Yeah, that's the technical term. They're both <laughs> socks and Random sock condescension puppets. to geese. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yeah, that is, that is my, like, oh, yeah, go see that. It's actually really fucking cool. I'm excited to play it for real. Uh, any other games that you want to shout out? Was that one? Starship Renegade? Star Renegade. Star also Renegade. Also really cool JRPG. Yeah, like the style. short pitch is like, yeah, mecha JRPG roguelike with dating sim elements. Right? Swish, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't have to say anything. It's in the indie mega booth. It's uh, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's like, uh, you know, it's the pixel art these days is sort of a crapshoot because like the nostalgia effect is sort of gone. And so now it's about like stylization. And sometimes you can look at a pixel art game and just sort of... You know, without being dismissive, like, oh, it's another one of those. And, like, I can feel myself doing that. And, like, this game is just, like, so striking. Like, it has, um, like, the overworld is, like, you know, like an amped up chrono trigger. Uh, the art is, I guess, with, like, it's... Then we end up, like, landing on, like, Super Time Force. Gods will be watching. It's, yeah, like, that sort yeah. of, like, hyper-animated. Um, very detailed, sort of, very... But still, like, a little blocky, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, it's and good. It's, just has a cool look. It's by the, the devs who made Halcyon 6. Is that the name of that game? Is anyone, oh. anyone in this room play? That's a game that like secretly was really successful and no one I know played it. It's a game about like, it's like a, a Star Trek game basically that I never played, that you never played, that no one in this room ever played, but people loved it and I, they're making this new thing that also looks dope. So I'm actually going to pay attention to them now. I feel like a bad critic for not having known their work before. I'm going to have to play the other one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Did you play anything else at the, the floor? That I've mostly seen a lot of things okay. because I'm very line-averse. Fair. That's how we're going to call it. But I... Uh, Shout thank, out to me. Did not thank want you. to stand in lines. Thank Hell you. Yeah. I appreciate I that. I hate lines. Yeah, lines. Whatever. There's no fast pass at PAX. It's really a problem. <laughs> there is. You just have to be a rude asshole. You just have to be like, uh, I have a press badge. Can you get the oh my, off the Austin, so the first thing we... Did, let me... Short story. The first thing we did at PAX was like I was supposed to go eat breakfast with Austin and I was like fuck like I booked a, a thing to go see Metal Wolf Chaos I get 10 o'clock and we go see that and then we'll just go get food afterwards like sure so we go and like pressed of it packs is a little bit a crap so you don't really know till like you get there like is it going to be like in a private suite is it going to be um, just at the booth is it, if it's at the hotel booth room. yeah if it's at the booth is it going to be like a separate little kiosk that's like set aside for like press so like you can just send it to your appointment 
this was like the worst case scenario, which is like we show up and like some people are playing the game and like the person's like, oh, cool, you're here for your appointment. Like, I'll go kick them off. And like Austin and I meet, they're just like, you feel like an asshole. No, like we'll wait 10 minutes. Please don't do that to the poor person. Well, and then that, it was Medal of Chaos and they were like, oh, we have this other build. Oh, it's broken. The other build would, if you died in Medal of Chaos, would just crash the game out. (laughs) So we could set this up, but you just can't die ever. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> they said no. I didn't. I went back and played it. And Metal Wolf Chaos is a game from 2002, it turns out, for better and worse. Yeah. Uh, also, the audio was fucked up. All right, I'm going to wait until mm-hmm. I can play that game in the safety of my own home, experience it the way it's it was meant to be experienced. Yeah, yeah, safe place to be the president who kills the vice president. It's a whole thing. I mean, Metal Wolf Chaos yeah. is wild. Very uh, cool. I, I, watched, just, I watched a bunch of Greaves' thing, like, I was going to say, that was which the game looks incredibly play. pretty. And I, wa- I just stood there for like 15 minutes. Is that how minutes. you pronounce it? Do you know for sure it's called? I don't actually. That's G-R-I-S? the French. Like the French, the Gris. Gris. You know. Sure. That's not, yeah. So what is it? That sounds better than Gris, which sounds like something I would eat. Or Grease, which sounds like something I would eat. Grease. Good. So yeah, tell us about Gris. Well, from what I can tell, again, I didn't play it, but I, I watched a whole lot of it, is that it's a very pretty, very emotive platformer, 2D platformer, with uh, a sort of Mobius style, at least yeah, in the, in the good... sort of beginning, you know, cutscenes. It's uh, incredibly expressive. It has those kind of, like, really thick lines, that the Mobius kind of looking thing. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. It's, and it's a lot of, like, pastel colors, at least yeah. the levels that they're demoing here. Um, I'm a sucker for a really pretty platformer. So Yeah, I think the thing we're going to hear a lot is it's like 2D Journey is the pitch that you're sure. going to hear again and again from people. But, uh, Patrick, you actually got a hands-on <laughs> so, yeah, better you one. You played it. I played it, and uh, the 2D Journey comparison is, is apt. It's a lot of, like, it's a, you play this woman with, the, like, a very floaty sort of, like, cape that transforms. Um, and it's a, the platforming physics are, like, very... Uh, it's not like hyper-specific platforming where you like get from X to Y in a small margin of error. Like it's the great margin of error in terms of like what you're doing. I mean, it's more about exploring the world. I mean, maybe that changes as the game goes along, but in the bits they were showing. But I was trying to think like a way to describe the aesthetics without just like saying 2D Journey. And, like, the thing I landed on was like, if you watch like the Oscars and you, know, you have like the two condescending like foreign categories, like all those other movies. And the one is like the foreign animation film. And like, if you're like me, every time I see that, like you see like a bunch of things that look really cool that you think you should go check out and you never will. And it's like, you see like the German impressionistic animated film. I'm like, that's a cool ass style. It's like, that's what that like game struck me as. It was like some, some sort of animated film that comes through that like demo reel. Um, and it's just like really striking and interesting and hard to say too much about the game, but the, uh, the aesthetics themselves are, are really something. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I, I guess I would co- contrast that a little bit with the last thing I want to talk about game-wise, which is we went to go see Windjammers 2 and Streets of Rage mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm so... I'm making eye contact with Jeff. Are you also... <laughs> is that, do you want to talk about Streets of Rage 4 real quick? <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. I should have asked you this ahead of time. But... This way no one has to come tomorrow night, because this is all I got for that. Hot mic. Uh, sorry. Yeah, you'll just double up, I guess. Um, uh, man, they, I like Streets of Rage a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, and so do they. Yeah, they uh, do too. So much so that they made Streets of Rage 2 with like better graphics, and that's their demo right now. That's it. 
With the same music. And juggles. Uh, yeah. Juggles. The juggles, juggles. are cool. Yeah. Uh, and the health thing is cool. So, Streets of Rage is a beat-em-up series. Uh, Genesis, Sega Genesis Dancing game. ladies. Dancing, they're jazz ladies is what Excuse I call me, them. Excuse me, jazz thank ladies. You, thank yes. you, thank uh, you. It's a, that's a game that is like so much capital S style series what the series has been in totally. terms of the look, the vibe, the griminess, and especially the music. Absolutely, the music. And uh, that trailer is, they put out had like... It's just like some synth wavy sound, and like yeah. I think what I you said, said to like, you it was just like it's like someone just sat down and said like, "Can you make something that sounds like Kavinsky made it?" And then and someone's like, just, "Yeah, I got a cousin." Oh yeah, yeah, I got that already. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can push nine buttons and spit out Kavinsky nowadays. And um, that's not in the demo, thankfully. Right. They didn't, but, like, but but then the demo is just audio and music ripped right out of Streets of Rage Two, as if to say we don't have any of it yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and asking them know. about it. It looks nice. I like yeah. the comic look. It's not really the comic. It's not really... Uh, it's a little too, like, 90s comic book and not enough, like, 90s independent comic book. Do you right. know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's like comics it's like, is what I really want. cute in a way, yeah. but, like, that doesn't... Uh, like, the big fire-breathing guys, you go, like, oh, look at this pudgy little guy, right. little fella. And, and originally, and, when I saw Big Ben come on the screen, I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. He's gonna blow fire on me. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't he? know. Yeah, he blew fire on me. All right. <laughs> this time too, but I was like, oh, it's cute. Um, and there's some new stuff. There's a health system. In Streets of Rage, originally, you, whenever you do your special, you lose your health. And so you just sit on your... You don't ever do that until you're at a boss where you're like, I just got to fucking dump damage on this thing and I'll get my health back at the end of the level anyway. And this, it's almost a bloodborne system where when you use a special, your health goes down, but it's a different color. It's a different shade. And if you do damage on enemies, you recover that health. Like, That's a neat system. Uh, and the juggles are nice. There's, like, good air juggles in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah, you can kind of get someone in a corner, and they did, like, the Mortal Kombat, like, you, you air juggled someone in the corner too much, and then it forces you, it pushes you out of the corner, yeah, which I thought yeah. was, like, you know, you need to do that. To totally. It. What they didn't fix is there's a moment that I did, like, a classic Streets of Rage trick that they had not seen, which is a hot tip if you want to beat Streets of Rage on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> if you do an attack string, the attack strings in those games are, like, hit, 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 and most of the time you do, you end with, like, forward, forward, hit to do, like, your, your special move that doesn't cost you health. But if you just go, like, hit, 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 and you don't ever finish a combo, the enemy won't drop, which means they just get stun-locked forever, and the hardest boss, you can just basically yeah. hit them until they do their, like, unblockable counter. Uh, and the dev team, like, was like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, they did, like... <laughs> Did you see that? And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. This it's is like, what you do. Yeah, but, and, and that's, it's crazy that they would have been like that because that's almost every one of those games from that era. Like, you can kind of do that in Final Fight. Like, yep. you, you know, it's, it's not... Yeah, just don't finish the string and keep them stunned and just tap them out. And, yeah. Um, um, but... Yeah, that works in MMA, too, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. If you just don't stop hitting them, it turns out... You win. You, just, you, you end up winning. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Windjammers. Patrick same, and I played a bunch. Yeah, and same deal. Yeah, it's Windjammers. Yep. <laughs> it's Windjammers. It has, it has a meter now. When you fill up the meter, you have yeah. an additional move, which they, they were very quick to say, like, hey, we're, this stuff all needs to be balanced. Because like, it, was, it was two characters in the build, and one of them, uh, her move was you, she would throw the disc, and when you caught it, a smoke screen erupted, and so you couldn't see... Anything. And, yeah, and that's not... And the it was other not one, the other, the other guy's one was you could, like... He would charge it up, and you'd put in a string, and it would go, like, left, down, up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Every time we tried it. to use it, nothing would happen, or we would score on ourselves. We'd, like, throw it, and be like, do 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 and, like, go behind us and score. So they'll fix it. It feels all right. It feels fine. It feels like Windjammers. That but, like, both, both games felt like their predecessors in a way that was, like... 
it was this like very devoted feeling thing of just like they had this reverent feel for like getting that part right. And I guess if you're building these games, like you need the foundation before you start layering yeah. stuff on top. But at the same time, you're playing it and you're like, yeah, you guys sure did pick apart all the math and wind jammers to make sure that it still felt like that. But I have that. You I have, yeah, gave that's, me that that's, last you year. You <laughs> put that out. What are we doing now? Uh, and none of that's in those builds. They were just, that's why they're not, they're not letting people take footage. They're not right. here at the show itself. They're just like, hey, we just wanted to show people that these were video games. But they're not. But they're, yeah. They're like very tiny vertical slices. Right. Just don't show it yet. And you that's look at it and go like, yeah, this, I'm sure that this, like, you, someone signed off on this and said yes. Because you look at it and you go like, yeah, that's a Streets of Rage game. It sure, sure is. A year from now, maybe we will be in a place where we're both excited about those things. But, uh, right, totally. Right, we'll but, but right now, it was, yeah, it was, it was literally just like, hmm, yeah, that's... They sure felt like those like things. those old games, but prettier and well, newer, I newer, guess. prettier. My I, I, I like anyone who's like, oh, they look like flash games can fuck off. Yeah, because I actually think they they clearly went. And, uh, not that flash games don't have a lot of work in them, also, right. but there is something distinct about the style. I think it does look good, but I don't yeah. know. Anyway, thank you, Jeff. Yes, that's for all to say update. about that. So, find out more. Uh, Ooh, yeah. This is good. Poe and Poe. Find out more at videogames.com from Jeff Gersman. Uh, I think it's time we should go to the question bucket. If you have a question, uh, you should have given it to Danielle already. <laughs> Otherwise, sorry. Or the cat. The cat. Know. We have a cat bucket. We have a Halloween bucket. There's which still is... some chocolate in here if people want people the chocolate. People want chocolate afterwards. Uh, well, some... we don't get to. We'll take it home, and we will answer it on... Like yeah. a future podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. We're so, taking all of them. Do you want to start with the first question? This one is less a question than a statement that I think okay. you'll appreciate, Austin. <laughs> this one comes from Eric. Hi, pour, Eric. Pour myself some water for this. Ah, every time I talk about Legend of the Galactic Heroes, great. no one knows what I'm talking about. It's a great so, anime. So this is, is this telling Rob? more people <laughs> to watch the best anime. Legend of the Galactic Heroes is really, really good. It's also really long, and it's... I guess it's streaming on High Dive now. Is that still true? Do people know? Yeah, okay. So it's like 100 episodes long, and it's like a really great space opera, military, tactical, strategy, sad love story. It's great. You should watch. It's also very gay. It's just gay in a way that you could only get away with, like, just like... 1983 gay versus... Sure. You know, it's good. Yeah, I The love Hunger it. was a great movie. <laughs> exactly. God. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Let's, that was a very deep gay deep cut. lady yeah, cut. Uh-huh. Uh, apologies. All right, we have a serious one here. Okay. Are we ready for a serious one? No. Take a breath. Let's do it. All right, here we go. I've recently started listening to an old favorite gaming podcast that is actively apolitical. Sure. It has been a good mindless listen while working, etc. After an unimpressive response to the events in Jacksonville, I feel guilty giving it downloads and listens. Am I good? Oh, don't ask me if you're good. Like, I'm not a priest. Like, I... I, I and also, a priest can't tell you if you're good. Like, I... We all consume all sorts of things. I think this has been in conversation a lot in the last couple of weeks as we contend not only with things like the events of Jacksonville... Um, but also with the, the way in which a company like CD Projekt Red acts on their social channels and in their game, and the way in which like, uh, media personalities in general have acted. The content of games, the content of movies. Like I firmly believe, and I said this on a recent podcast, that we have to be critical consumers of media and that we need to like, 
be in a mode where we are not letting people, we are not letting ourselves down by overlooking things that we know are harmful um, because we just think a game is really fun, right? Or we think a podcast is just a really fun time. But at the same time, there is a difference between being a completely passive listener who is like just letting something wash over them and being the active listener who's like, man, I wish XYZ thing. And I also want to say there's a huge difference between putting out a podcast about video games where, like, let's say it's a three-hour podcast about video games where mostly what you talk about is, like, do the controls feel good and, like, is this worth your time and money? It's not what I do, right? But that's a thing that's fine. Like, that's a thing that exists in the world. What I, what I take umbrage with, really, are people who are like, and you, should, and you should not put out a podcast that's about games and politics. And those people exist. There are people who do say, like, <laughs> not only is my podcast not about politics, but any, any game podcast that dips its toes into politics is really just doing it for attention. Like, those people can fuck off. And if you were listening to one of those, then I'd be like, okay, maybe that's where you should draw the line and give your attention to somebody else. But, like, you're working, uh, cut yourself a little bit of slack and, and continue to have that thought of, like, well, what else could I be listening to? What else could I be uh, uh, doing with this time? You guys have any other thoughts on that? It's weird to, like, announce it because when you, if you're actively saying we're being apolitical. Yeah, that's true. Which we don't need to. It, that a little bit of a dog to, whistle. Well, seems, a yeah, dog it seems like it's yeah. signaling other things that, like, they're wink, wink, nodding at that would... You know, I don't, I don't know what this podcast is. I don't know what they say or don't say mm-hmm. on this podcast. But, like, it's one thing to just, like... The content of your podcast is what it is. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, if you want to do a gaming podcast, like, we're not going to talk about Jacksonville because, like, that's, that's dark. That's a lot. You're getting that in a lot and of also, other places. People, if you just want to come here and we're just going to talk about, like, this fucking cool video game player for the weekend, that's fine. There's nothing right. wrong with that. But, like, then the, the implicit, uh, uh, what you're saying by saying we're being apolitical is showing, throwing shade and condescension right. at folks that are. It's okay that you want to set up your discussion and framework in the way you want to. That's fine, but it's like when you're actively pushing back on folks that want to do it their way, that's harmful. And there is also, I think, something worth saying, which is a lot of people who are in this space are not experts at the political world. What? Uh, I know, it's hard to believe. I know, video games, you would think, we've all played SimCity, we should all be ready to go deep <laughs> on policy decisions, but I, I... And Bloodborne. And Bloodborne, the two... <laughs> The two, the two politics. The two, <laughs> the two politics of games. Uh, but, like, I think that there, that there is something there around, like, I've been in situations where I've said, like, ah, I don't know that I'm equipped to weigh in on this thing. And better, it is better for me to let other people do that and shout those people out and try to platform, give those people platforms than me be like, well, it's my podcast and I have to, I have to weigh in on everything. And I don't have to do or, that. Or rather, I think what we try to do is, like, be upfront with what our own ignorances and biases are, right? So it's like, this is the thing we feel like we want to talk about. We aren't experts, but we but feel we like it's worse to not it's worse to not address it, and it's better just to go head on and and you know shouting out folks that you know like when we talk about like citations needed or other podcasts where it's like, hey, like you can get something here, but if you want something that goes deeper and has a more of an expertise, yeah. like there's that. But act, we're not going to ignore it just because we can't be experts because if. Right that was true, then there'd be all sorts of things that we, we couldn't talk about. about. Like, like video things. games, <laughs> yeah. for instance. <laughs> Definitely not experts. We have another question. We have a few. Okay. I'm going to go with a lighter one next. Okay. All right, ready for a food question. Ooh. <clears throat> if you had to drink any combination of soda and milk, what would you mix? <laughs> uh, any combination? There yeah, are, are we good also combinations. picking the milk? 
so there are good combinations here. You can make like a really good like root beer float kind of dealio with a various mix of these ingredients. What is the milk that you're choosing in that? Oh, I'm. Well, I mean, are you asking like, me? Yeah. Because you know I'm going to pick coconut milk and okay. put a little cinnamon and vanilla in there. Yeah, this sounds good. Give me a tiny bit of ginger ale. You know, just give a little spark. It'll be delicious. Is this just? Are you secretly teasing your new soda milk bar? Well, are you? Come to New York, where I have a beautiful new business. I would. Okay, I would try that. That's, that's a good. good. Um, I would do. What would I do? I would do something that's like mostly. Milk, but then like a little like cherry coke or something, okay. and then like I don't know. There has to be something. What about just like a Dr Pepper and some Ooh. whole milk? Dr Pepper and old milk, <laughs> just fifty fifty. Yep. And Arnold milk. Arnold milk. I'm Dr Pepper, but all my friends call me Old Milk. That's his name. <laughs> old Milky. Is that what that drink is called? Old Milky. The old and old Milky. That sounds like something Papa John's drinks. Oh. Oh. Help support Big Papa. Do not. I got what is that website, though? If people haven't seen it, do you remember what it's? Oh, Save Papa John's? Save, I might have been is that. it SavePapaJohns.com? Oh, I'm so amazed. Have people not seen the, have people seen the Papa John's back and forth? Okay. If you haven't, just go look up Papa John's weird, like, divorced dad website. <laughs> Where he's like, I love, I love pizza so much. I miss pizza. I miss the family so much. You know I love you, right? And, and then the Papa John side put out like a 30-second apology video featuring... Thanks for tweets. pointing out we're racist was like, it's basically the video. Yep. I don't know. Listen, yeah. I've had to make apologies in my life. It's hard. <laughs> another question. Sure, we got another one. Oh, this is a good one. If you could have everyone in the world play and finish one game... Ooh. What would it be and why? That's a good question. What's yours? Well, if you had to ask me right this moment, right. I got this game right oh. here. I don't know. There uh, you go. You know, it's a, I got to turn it on and I'll show everybody here. It's this beautiful game called Into the Breach. Uh, there's this delightful robot right here. It tells you a lot about uh, uh, conservation efforts okay. uh-huh. and uh, saving the world. And also, it's really addictive and I can't stop. <laughs> Patrick, how about you? Hmm. So finish, like finish makes it an interesting qualifier. Yeah, well, how do we define to... finish here? Because like there are lots of games. Like I love Breath of the Wild, but I haven't. Have I finished Breath of the Wild? Like I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like three hundred hours later. Right. You haven't seen the credits. Hmm. Um. Jeez. Because I feel like, like I would think of a game like Spelunky, and by finish it me would mean like you know unlocking hell. Maybe that's too hard. Maybe like the original ending of the game. Because I think like finishing by finishing it. I think there's like an, an implicit understanding that like you will have internalized parts of the game that you wouldn't if you were just to sort of like touch on it, right? And like bounce you off. You could it. even uh, Splunky's even a weird one because you could just get a lucky run. Like I got right. my first regular win in Splunky way before I understood Splunky. Right. I just happened to have a good run and like not make a bunch of foolish mistakes that I would normally make, and then I immediately died for like thirty games in a row after that and didn't get a win. So for me, it's like when you can consistently get a win, right? In yeah. Splunky. Is that the one for you? I guess. I don't know. That's a weird question because I'm trying to, like... Hmm. I guess it's, it's... What is your aim for people to understand, the like, the beauty of the, games or, I like, want, how good I games I want everyone be? to finish The Quiet Man. <laughs> there it is. Because fuck you. That'd be so good if I could just wave a magic wand and you all have to play 12 hours of The Quiet Man because, of course, that game's going to be, like, 12 hours. Now? What if it's, like, 30 hours? <laughs> Bring it on. 
Oh, God. You already played half of it, so... Yeah. yeah. It's fine. I guess I have to answer. You do. Uh, all right. Uh, we are just about out of time, yep. so I'll just say my answer real quick, which is uh, Dark Souls 2. Have a great PAX, everybody. That is our panel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.